Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AV Insider. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Mota, and the show, AV Insider, of course, can be found at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. Along with my show, you can find many, many other shows, in case I didn't already mention it. AV Insider is brought to you by Tascam. We love the people at Tascam. I love their gear. I use it every day, honestly, whether I'm I'm on this podcast using a handheld recorder making fun sounds or in the studio at home. Uh, Tascam is pretty sweet, and you should check them out, Tascam.com. For people who are just tuning in or have now just found this show for the first time, welcome. Uh, the show is typically about AV manufacturers, but from time to time I like to highlight some of the, the reps that are localized to different areas or even distribution companies to kind of get a different take on the different side of AV. So better get to know your local reps, right? Uh, maybe you're a manufacturer looking to be represented in certain territories, or maybe you are a dealer looking for a rep, or you're just unaware altogether. Either way, welcome to the show. As I mentioned, my name's Johnny, and I typically have a, a special guest, and today is no different. Today I am joined with Jay Reitz, who is the principal of Envisage Sales. Jay, how's it going? It's going real well, and if you find Envisage a mouthful to say, we've been rebranding the last couple of years, just call it ESI. ESI. Um, I, easier to say, and since I type slow, it's easier to type. Yeah. Um, and just, just a real quick heads up, everybody. I got my assistant here with me today. He's a little short, brown, got a lot, lot of teeth, a little waggy tail, and he likes to bark at me a lot. So if you ever get an email back, he's uh, all paws and no thumbs, so don't worry about misspelling. It's all typos there. Anyway, Jay, uh, again, as I mentioned, thank you for taking the time. Typically, what I like to do is learn about each brand, and today the brand is your company, ESI, or Envisage Sales Incorporated. Um, but before we get into the story of ESI, what I would like to know is your story. Um, maybe ESI is your first AV tech job ever. Maybe this is your first job ever. I don't know, but I would kind of like to just get a little bit of background about you. So that way I know, you know, who we're speaking with and the listeners can kind of get a background uh, of you before we talk about ESI. Well, like a lot of people, I wound up in this uh, business just because it's so much fun. Um, as a kid, I grew up uh, reading Radio Shack the Radio Shack catalog. When I was about 12, I inherited the Fisher tube receiver, or family's Fisher tube receiver. Ooh. And uh, through that, I became a uh, audiophile. Cool. And uh, you know, just began to learn a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It was uh, certainly interest, but it wasn't at that point a a vocation. Um, got through school, was an economics major in college. Um, I did uh, pedal stereos uh, over at uh, one of the local retailers um, part of that time. And uh, after school, I uh, went off and actually uh, went into the plumbing business. I was there for about 10 years when I had an opportunity to go to work as the national sales manager over at Multiplex Technology. If uh, any of your listeners have been around for a while, they might recognize the brand names Channel Plus and perhaps Open House. Yes. So uh, that was a very happy uh, period of time. And then we got bought out by Linear. And um, who got bought out by, by Nortec? A lot of the companies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Nortec. Uh, Linear was their uh, low voltage uh, executor, if you want to, uh, probably a good way to put it. 
And um, so like a lot of people, I had to find another job. Now the job that I found uh, was working for um, a company called M&S. M&S has been around for 50 plus years. And um, working at M&S, uh, selling video, or excuse me, at that time, not video, but uh, music intercoms, uh, speakers, uh, some other audio types of products and things. And um, at the time, the uh, biggest competitor we had is, was Newtone. Now, one of the things that was very interesting about M&S is that they had been spun off of Linear, or Linear had sold them just a few years uh, prior to my coming on board with M&S, and that's because they had purchased uh, Newtone Brone. Now, Newtone was basically in the electrical channel. Um, they sold a lot of uh, ventilation fans for kitchens and bathrooms and things like that. Right. And, and uh, then, but they also had the uh, music intercom division. And at that time, the uh, Justice Department said, ah, 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 you got a monopoly in this stuff. And so they wound up uh, selling uh, M&S, since M&S without the additional electrical products was a much smaller company. And that's when I went to work for M&S. And um, the company that owned M&S, who, by the time I got there, uh, M&S was already, and I, and I basically covered the West Coast for M&S, uh, California in particular. Um, well, M&S was up for sale. And one day I got a, after about two years, I got a call from my boss. And my boss says, hey, Jay, guess what? Um, somebody bought us. You'll never guess who. And I said, don't tell me, let me guess. And how did Linear manage to buy us? Well, the answer <laughs> basically was is that a phone had come out. Um, there had been another small startup uh, from some people that had uh, previously been associated uh, with the product category. And the, uh, um, the feds had decided that it was no longer a monopoly situation. So uh, Linear was allowed to acquire uh, M&S. And the good news this time is it seemed like Linear had uh, two ways of operating. One was to buy a company and let them keep their own storefront with their own marketing and R&D and all that good stuff. It's just that everything would be manufactured over in uh, China. And uh, that's ultimately what happened to Channel Plus, and that's what happened to uh, M&S as well. But the good news was is that they weren't just buying the product line. They were also... Um, buying the sales force. And uh, so I went from regional manager to national account manager for linear for a while and until the great recession. And uh, so I actually got out of the industry for about uh, five years. I went to work for good years selling commercial truck tires. I had learned about commercial truck tires to a significant degree because of being an RVer. And, um, uh, one day I got my five-year pin and I said, oh, no, I, I've been networking in the industry and nothing ever seemed to come to fruition. And one, when one of the opportunities that really looked promising didn't come to pass about the same time the five-year pin uh, <laughs> showed up, I said, you know, I got to do something about this. Well, uh, Envisage Sales had originally uh, been my rep for Channel Plus. And uh, after um, all the bodies were let go, uh, one of the guys over at Channel Plus um, 
joined joined up with uh, the uh, uh, previous owner and became his partner. And they had a real good run for a while. But when the Great Recession hit, um, things got a little bit tight. And uh, so John David, who had been over here, uh, had had uh, started uh, Envisage Sales, uh, moved on to other pastures. And for a while, uh, Bob had been sort of whispering into my ear, Jay, Jay, come join me, come join me on the dark side. So I took that opportunity to jump into being a rep. And uh, come September, it'll make about five years. Wow. Well, um, Bob has since retired. Uh, and uh, um, I've been putting my stamp on ESI in a number of ways, one of which is as I mentioned I type slow, so uh, Envisage Sales Inc. And sometimes people have a hard time saying it, so I um, rebranded it to just ESI, and uh, but also picking up a lot of uh, product lines. There were pretty few product lines when I came on board, and uh, so I've been basically growing the product line. Uh, if you were to take a look at uh, my card, the card would say that ESI has been around since 1996 and it's sound service for the custom AV automation and security markets. So I have some, uh, a couple of camera lines um, that uh, do some different things, but I've got some audio oriented lines, which gets back to my very first love. And, uh, um, Maybe you'd like to hear some of the product lines that I currently carry. Yeah, yeah. Stop. So stop right there. Actually, that brings us up current to when did what year did you join ESI? That would have been five years ago. So it would have been uh, twenty September of twenty thirteen. Okay. So around that time when you started, and then uh, since th that point, how long after did uh, did you take over the company? Um, well, it started, um, uh, I have a, I have a, a favorite slogan. Sometimes it's like, be reasonable, do it my way. So, uh, I was uh, coming in, <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming in from the start and calling a whole lot of the shots, uh, since it was obvious that I was going to be around a lot longer doing this than what, uh, Bob was going to. And, uh, so what I did is, um, I set a different direction. I had, uh, once upon a time, been the national sales manager in this industry. So I looked at an EIA territory map and drawing on some lessons from the past, uh, I looked at what security reps basically did. Uh, security reps had usually seven to 12 rep organizations across the country, and they covered uh, multi-state territories. Um, when you look at the CE or the CDA side of life in the U.S., you would have anywhere from 12 to 20 reps across the country covering smaller um, areas based on, you know, EIA uh, territory maps. So uh, one of the things that I did is I said, I think uh, it's going to take a lot of work to begin with, but um, if we're going to, you know, Southern California on that EIA map is frequently linked with Las Vegas and Arizona. But I said, what's the difference between driving from uh, Phoenix and L.A. from L.A. to Sacramento or the Bay Area? And the reality is, is that there's not a great time difference. 
So, um, so one of the things that I did is I made our product lines, uh, California, Arizona, and Nevada, which, uh, cut across the grain a little bit. Um, but not with companies that were, uh, starting up, needed some reps, needed some expertise, needed some people that knew the industry and, you know, had still had some friends in influential places. So, uh, from the start, we, you know, we had a bigger geography. Initially, Bob uh, sort of kept track of what was happening closer to home and I would take the more far, far away locations. Now I sort of cover it all. And, um, but, uh, we're growing nicely. And at some point, uh, I want to put somebody on perhaps up in the Bay area and perhaps somebody to cover the, uh, um, Rocky mountain, uh, territory, um, you know, based out of Phoenix. Um, because actually what's happened is that uh, after the great recession, the distribution landscape changed as well. Um, you have uh, Mountain West, for instance, and they have a branch in Denver. They have a branch, their corporate office in Salt Lake. And when I started getting involved with them on the second time around, I was most interested in the branch in Phoenix. But Phoenix isn't going to be able to do as much as perhaps they would like to do unless a uh, corporate office out of Salt Lake City is on board. Right. So I actually have product line or a real, a real high potential product line that I'm working with uh, them over in Salt Lake City and uh, also another vendor who um, I might be taking on the responsibilities for that product line as well. So it's uh, one of those things where it's just, uh, you know, the plan is sort of slowly, slowly coming together. You just have to keep the nose of the grindstone and keep aware of uh, opportunities, you know, just keep focused on, uh, getting in front of people and telling my uh, telling them about my vendor's uh, story and how it's solutions and uh, opportunities for what uh, integrators do. Okay. So uh, just to recap there, the areas covered is all of California, Nevada, and Arizona. Yep. And a little bit beyond. Okay. But that is not, and, is and, 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 Hawaii. And, uh, and Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> Got inside your head there a little bit. I was like, I think he's going to say Hawaii, but I'm not sure. <laughs> um, so, but again, though, with that, we kind of discussed that not every brand, obviously, uh, is going to be represented in that in that territory, correct? That is correct. Okay. So, it just sort of just that depends on the territory and the manufacturer. And I can understand in the early days, right, with a new brand, there's not representation, so you can go a little wider, but obviously, then you start crossing lines. It gets a little tricky, so you can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is that uh, some product. I have uh, one vendor that I was having quite a bit of success uh, with the product line, and some of their other reps didn't have success with the product line in the, uh, uh, you know, in the Cedia uh, low voltage channels. Right. So those reps sort of dropped off and, you know, you get a phone call, hey, Jay, can you do this? Or, hey, Jay, can you do that? So some of this stuff uh, just sort of, you know, so the territory would just grow organically. Right. Um, and uh, had one product line for a while where they wanted to put a rep on that covered South Nevada, uh, Arizona, and all of California. So, you know, that was one of the that was one of the conditions that they had for whatever ref agency they put on. So it's, 
you know, it, it, it uh, so it varies from line, varies from line to line, but, um, uh, the territory for most of the product lines is slowly, uh, slowly growing, uh, as the, uh, you know, numbers and success with the product lines grow. So let me ask you this. I, I, at my former, uh, job about a year and a half ago or a year and eight months ago, uh, I did business with you there. I was the local AV design install sales right all in one person um so i'm i'm very well familiar with your job and we've done business together and, and i know the difference but if could you tell me and the listeners uh, and pretend that i don't already know uh what would you say separates you from other reps right and and no disrespect to any other ones well what would say what would you say that makes you sort of stand out um, that I'm going to be committed to, you know, one of my favorite taglines is I'm leaving a customer as I look them in the eye and I say, uh, you know, I'm really here to help. I'm not from the government. <laughs> <laughs> and, but the, the, the emphasis on it is I'm really there to help any way, shape or form that I can. I don't concern myself with what, um, other manufacturers reps do. I mean, all I know is is what I can do and what commitment I make to working and helping out my customers and and um, you know and that's just the way I approach it. I really don't pay attention to what other people do. I am just there to help. Obviously, uh, you know it it it's got a result in um, uh, uh, revenue, but. You know, the, you do the right things, and and uh, the and the money follows. So that's so. If you want to call that what's a way that differentiates me, great. But I just don't, I just don't pay a lot of attention to what the other reps do. I just I'm there to help my customers. Okay. Uh, now, in terms of um, brands, so we we've talked about you know uh, types of products, but can we talk about we've talked about the the types of products. And the areas represented, but what about the brands? What is, what is it that you currently are representing, or who are you currently representing? Well, let's take a look at the line at the line card. Okay. Um, new New Bright. Um, they're an automation hub product incorporating lighting, HVAC, security, audio, and other features. And what's really great about this product is that it uses the existing Romex, so you just use a single or double gang box to put a uh, a uh, touchscreen that controls everything. You can use a single touchscreen, or you can use a what they call their link, and the link talks to smart switches. So you just need one touchscreen, always just one link, and smart switches. But if you put extra um, extra touch panels in, then what happens is is between the individual touch panels, uh, you actually put an intercom into the house as well. Yeah. And you're also putting security systems into the house because each of those touchscreens also have a camera and it also has a um, uh, audit memory and it also notifies you on your smart device, um, you know, uh, your your iPhone um, that or, or uh, that somebody has, you know, come into the house. They shouldn't be in the house. A uh, hundred decibel alarm goes off at each one of those uh, uh, touch panels. And it also uh, takes pictures to, you know, to see who's there and you can be a thousand miles away and get that notification. 
So it's security, it's lighting, it's communication. Um, you know, on your it um, it handshakes with a lot of different things. It handshakes with C4. It handshakes with uh, well, it talks to the smart switches that have their own motion sensors built in, so that you know when you walk into a bedroom or walk into a hallway, the lights will turn on automatically. But but if you're not supposed to be there and and you've got it set up, uh, you know, as an alarm system. Um, you know, those uh, smart switches are also have the, you know, with the motion detectors are also telling, telling the panels, ah, 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 somebody shouldn't be there. And, you know, you get notified on the alarm. So as I say, it does security um, intercom, but it also in handshaking, for instance, it's HVAC control because it'll handshake with, uh, with Nest. Um, the way that it communicates to the link is via Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi communicates to the uh, smart switches, uh, uh, by a Zigbee. So there's a potential that, uh, you know, something can connect by a Zigbee. It handshakes with C4, it handshakes with uh, Crestron um, for uh, lighting functions. It also handshakes with URC as well as uh, other Wi-Fi uh, protocol devices, you know, like Nest and, you know, the uh, various things that will communicate with Amazon. So, and it all does it with the existing wiring in the wall. <laughs> the the uh, 120 Romex, so that's a pretty cool product. Yeah, that's um, very cool. Interest now, Intrasonic Technology has an interesting history. Uh, their video intercoms, uh, music intercoms, music distribution, and their price valued at the real world. They they have a big following inside of the uh, uh, construction trade, for instance, and just like uh, M&S did in times past. the um, uh, And interestingly enough, the history of it is that uh, when Linear had purchased M&S, um, uh, Salesforce was lucky. We all had jobs, but there was 150 people in Dallas that lost theirs. And a couple of the guys out there got together, said, hey, we know how to make this uh, a class of product. And they wound up, they started uh, Intrasonic Technology. And IST has grown very, very nicely. And a matter of fact, they just hit a real growth spurt because uh, the company that had acquired Nortec uh, has shut down the uh, Newtone brand. So um, if you want this class of product, particularly a retrofit product, um, it's the best game in town um, uh, with the IST retro. So it's been a very successful line. It's been one that's been... Uh, typically growing at uh, 20 plus percent a year. Um, RBH Sound, if anybody's been around for a while, terrific speaker. Uh, now, as I say, I came into this business originally with sort of a audio as a audiophile, um, uh, and RBH was one of the product lines that uh, uh, ESI had when I came on board. But one of the things I looked at is it used aluminum driver technology. And like a lot of audio files, I, aluminum, you know, mid-ranges? Oh, that's, that's horrible. Uh, you know, just have that built-in bias without really putting any thought to it. So I went and spent a day in um, Utah with uh, uh, Shane Rich, their director of, RBH's director of engineering. And the first thing he did is he walked in with a big stack of material when I said, hey, this is my bias against aluminum. And he said, Jay, I've tested every one of these different, you know, he had, he had uh, 
Kevlar and Bextrine and, you know, all sorts of other materials there. And he says, there's one thing that aluminum does a lot better than any of these other materials do. And I said, what's that? And he says that these all retain energy. Aluminum dampens that. And I said, how about cone breakup? He said, well, that's not an issue if you're crossing over at the right time and also getting a, uh, a properly designed uh, uh, a surround that uh, also has a tendency to dampen the uh, any cone breakup that might exist way, way out after the crossover. He says it's just not an issue. And of course, anytime you get into a speaker design, it's all a compromise. Um, you know, anybody that's taking a look at any of the teal small parameters, uh, rather, you know, whether you're doing uh, enclosure design or driver design, you, you know, materials and things that are used, it's all a compromise. There's, there's, you know, there's no perfect way to do it, just different good ways to do it. And RBH has a real good way to do it with their proprietary aluminum uh, mid-ranges and woofers. And then they've used uh, the best uh, uh, tweeters available. Um, when I came on board, they were using a ScanSpeak 9500. And uh, they were crossing most things over to about 2,700 cycles because their six and a half inch mid-range is effectively about five inches, which is about 20, 2,700 cycles is just about the right crossover. And then that uh, ScanSpeak 9500 is, it's just one of the classic tweeters out there that just sounds fantastic. Well, in the last couple of years, they went from the SX series on, and on their reference stuff, they went from the ScanSpeak tweeter and now they're using a proprietary uh, uh, AMT design and uh, that has some real nice properties to it. And, uh, you know, and that's one of the other things when you're an audiophile, you realize that, you know, chocolate milk is good, but also strawberry milk can be good. They're just different flavors. And um, so with like the new this. tweeter, it's a slightly different flavor, but it's a great speaker, too. And it's really one of the best values in audio. If you take a look at a comparably priced speaker in terms of the robustness of the crossover uh, parts and components, you know, be they, um, you know, be, be they the capacitors or uh, resistors, you look at the binding posts, you look at the quality of the drivers. This is a super well-made speaker. And it sounds good. I mean, Shane has an ear. Um, I've known other speaker designers with an ear like, uh, uh, but Shane is not only has a terrific ear, he's a heck of an engineer. So he can get all sorts of good things out of uh, the drivers that he uses. Uh, RBH, a lot of people don't know, has a very high end um, series uh, called Status Acoustic status acoustics and basically these speakers are made for the most discriminating audiophiles and again like most rbh designs you know they they're expensive but compared to other statement speakers out there they're a real bargain um one of the sets of speakers that you heard was there they currently have uh two uh two basic models uh one of the ones that you heard uh um uh, from our previous professional association was the uh uh, Voichafina, which mm -hmm. uses two centimeter granite, and it uses a proprietary uh, uh, beryllium alloy mid-range woofer. And the thing about the two centimeter granite 
along with, you know, in any materials for speaker cabinets going to ring, whether you're using Baltic birch plywood or even MDF, they all have a little bit of a sonic signature, uh, a little bit of a resonance, but to further kill the resonance, they have four different layers of material inside the Voichafina uh, to kill any resonance. Uh, you know, you usually give a speaker a wrap test with your knuckles to see how inert, inert the cabinet is. And uh, you have to be careful with the Voichafinas because you can break your knuckles. Um, this cabinet is just inert and it, because it has no leakage to the wood or anything else, it, for the size of the drivers, it plays real deep bass. And then the other thing that uh, uh, Shane also designs his drivers for is to take a lot of power. So this little speaker can handle 200 watts. And it can play loud. It can play uh, deep in an appropriate sized room. And it's phenomenal. Their flagship is the... Uh, 8T that uses four of these proprietary, and then it uses the ScanSpeak uh, uh, Brilliant tweeter on it, and then they use three of their 10-inch reference drivers. So this this 8T is, uh, as I'm re recalling the spec on it, is is virtually flat uh, between uh, 20 hertz and 20,000 hertz. I mean, I. I I just don't have enough good, you know, there's other speakers that are better known uh, that have more marketing dollars behind them. But when it comes to, you know, dollar for dollar value, this American company in Salt Lake City, uh, RBH Sound, along with their uh, subsidiary standard uh, status acoustics, they make an absolutely terrific speaker. Absolutely terrific. And I, well, you heard the boy, Chafina, what'd you think? I thought it was voiced very fine. <laughs> it, it was a very beautiful speaker uh, visually as well as uh, voiced properly and just overall it enjoyed sitting in front of it and just relaxing and enjoying the music for what it was. I didn't hear, Good. to my knowledge, I, I couldn't hear any any change in, in the sound, so I didn't really hear it necessarily in its own audio signature that I could tell, but... I, you know, I, I didn't have anything to compare it to in terms of other RBH, right? So uh, to the the products that I sold at the time and you've used from RBH, they all sound like they were voiced, you know, from line to line the same, right? So I, I couldn't hear any, any change in the audio signature to my knowledge, right? But I'm not, you know, the best when it comes to that. But again, it was very, very high. Um, it was a very, very high quality sound in my opinion right and and again you know i i like to uh actually we i think we had some other rbh products that you had brought in that I, that i had playing for multiple times and it wasn't the voice of phoenix we didn't have that specific model um we did have another brand i think that you brought in that was really really just impeccable so when i had breaks which wasn't often i love to go in, <laughs> into that room and just play some music and i think we had a, a nice little tube amp there at the time and let them play and um, it was one of my favorite pastimes, honestly. It, it was it was beautiful. I think I like to often play some songs by the Beatles that we had on disc, and uh, it it was beautiful, honestly. Well, one of the interesting things about RBH is that on their uh, signature series, which are their, uh, you know, they have the signature cabinets, uh, you know, towers, uh, box speakers. Then they'll make a uh, in wall in ceiling speaker that. Uh, matches the uh, driver complement 
So you can get a very, um, you know, you can get matched speakers all the way around, even if, even if they are in wall, I mean, they're timber matched, uh, to the max. And, um, uh, they've been doing that with the signature series, the signature reference series. And recently they've come out with the impression series, which is uh, produced at a lower uh, price point. And they have the standard impression series, and then they have the impressions reference series. But they have the um, they have matching uh, in wall uh, uh, speakers for those as well. It, it, the product line is just so coherent, so well thought out. It's it's a shame that more people don't know about them. But one of the interesting things is when you go on the web, you're always looking for people that are interested in hearing rbh but rbh has never had a real big presence in the uh, uh, brick and mortar audio shops it's usually been through uh, custom uh, installers so that you know some ways sometimes in a way you can hear uh, rbh in a you know in a well uh, designed setup is if you've got a friend that's uh, that uh, got them for their uh, home theater <laughs> for their high-end audio system so exactly. that's one of the things we've been one of the things we've been working on in terms of just trying to get you know looking for some brick and mortar locations right. um wirestorm is a uh, product line and uh that does uh video distribution over ip um and um they do it at uh, different price points different series so it'll uh, H256, then it'll go to 4K, and then the recent 600 series will handle, you know, 44460. And uh, so it's a very, very complete uh, product line. It has uh, a couple flavors of the Amato, which is a controller. Um, so it's great for, you know, if you want to have picture in picture presentations on a big flat screen TV in the house, it's great for signage if you want to move into a commercial or if you want to build a uh, video wall I mean it's it's really a terrific product line and um, it was a relatively recent pickup for uh, uh, ESI but it's uh, but it's one that I really really video is almost as fun almost as much fun as uh, audio is um, and uh, another product line one that is the tip of the iceberg is just is just beginning to be realized is the need for acoustic treatment. Have you ever been at a restaurant where you're sitting across from somebody and you can't hear them talking to you? Yes. It's too loud. Um, or me. you're straining. Exactly. Yeah. Reverberation. And um, Prime Acoustic has come up with a way for uh, installers uh, to use their calculator that 80, 85% of the time without the need of an acoustician uh, to spec out um, a room, be it a home theater, be it a restaurant, be it a conference room. Um, and uh, basically, uh, if you look at a construction pyramid, you got the top, you got the middle, and you got the bottom. And most of the acoustic treatment has been at the top of the construction market. And that's because you have the price of the acoustician coming in and measuring you have, and then you've got the actual cost of the custom made material. And one of the things that prime acoustic has done is they've standardized on color, shape, sizes, and thicknesses. So you work with me, you work with prime acoustic, 
uh, for a couple of different types of projects. Maybe you do churches, maybe you do home theaters, maybe you do restaurants or you do commercial buildings, whatever that it is that you do. Um, well, you get a couple projects under your belt, you can uh, uh, spec it out and get it priced up yourself. And the uh, because Prime Acoustic mass produces the panels, uh, they're a lot less expensive than uh, what an equivalent color panel would be. While they mass produce because they've standardized on colors, sizes, and thicknesses, um, it's the same stuff that's used in professional recording studios. Um, uh, so you know, you're the one place where maybe custom material would have an advantage is if you want a panel shaped like a mermaid with maybe, you know, a pink uh, or green sequins on the fin area, you know, <laughs> that's the prime acoustic isn't your company to do that. But yeah. most people don't have those types of budgets. So not typically. Um, this is a product. You know, <laughs> so this is a company that is just growing by leaps and bounds. And um, at some point you're going to have to have uh, prime acoustic as well as RBH um, because one of the things I like to point out to people when you get into the audio realm is that, look, um, you know, you're, you can, you can, you can invest in, uh, RBH ATs for 75 grand a pair. You can invest in, uh, uh, Wilson's, uh, highest end speaker. I think I, it's still called the wham. Uh, latest incarnation of that and, and you know it's I've, i think i saw it six hundred thousand dollars a pair and you can you know invest in a half million or million dollars worth of amplification and electronics and source material but if it's firing into a lousy room uh you've wasted a whole lot of money and you're not getting the best out of it so this is what you know for home theater use and for um uh, 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 music rooms or, uh, uh, you know, high-end audio, you, you, Prime Acoustic is just a, a terrific resource for uh, integrators to have. Um, you know, one of the things in this business, um, uh, there's a couple of rules of thumb that I operate with. Um, digital technology changes so fast. So if somebody asks me, how do I put together a system? One of the things I tell them is, look, first get the analog right. Uh, find a set of speakers that you can live with, uh, you know, fits your budget, but you love them and you think you can live with them for the long term and get amplification. So get the analog done right first because your digital um, head end is going to be changing out fairly, uh, fairly frequently. But in this process, make sure you have a good room. And a lot of people say, look, my ears aren't good enough to hear the good equipment. And I'll ask them, I say, do you know the difference between live music and recorded music? And even guy with, guys with hearing aids and women with hearing aids, they'll say, yeah, I, I can tell the difference. And I said, well, that's what you're trying to accomplish with a good audio system is that you want to be able to suspend belief, at least momentarily, that, you know, you can close your eyes and it's by, uh, uh, it's uh, Linda Ronstadt or Diana Crowell who's really in your room singing to you. You're really hearing, um, um, you're really hearing, you know, Elvis uh, do his thing, in your, you know, in the privacy of your of your listening arena. It, it just be able to suspend belief for just a minute. And in the AV realm. Um, you're also trying to do the same thing. If you're watching a war movie and you have a, f a helicopter flying low overhead as it's 
you know, flying from the front to the back, um, you want to be ducking in your seat because for a moment your brain's telling you, get the heck out of the way. Same thing if a bullet is firing past your ear. You, you know, you want to wince. You want to, you know, move a little to the right if the bullet's coming close to you on the left side. And that's suspending belief. And that's, you know, and that's really what the whole goal for putting together a great audio system is. So that's a combination of, you know, of the hardware. And that's a combination of the, of the, um, uh, of the actual room that the stuff is, uh, is working in. Um, but, you know, you get into acoustics and it's even bigger than that. You know, little Johnny can't learn. Well, why can't little Johnny learn? Well, it turns out that he's only picking up one or two words out of three if he's sitting in the back or in the middle of the room. And that's because um, you've got enough reverberation going on that words aren't clear. Uh, talking about the restaurants. Well, there's some very fine restaurants that my wife and I don't go to because they're too loud. Service is great. Food is even better. But we don't eat it, eat there unless they have takeout because, you know, on a Friday night, we don't, you know, after sitting in traffic and travel, well, in my case, traveling great distances and, and my wife's uh, in outside sales, you know, we want to relax and you can't relax in a lot of those venues. So right. there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on with the, with the acoustic stuff. Jensen Isomax. Uh, Got to tell you about radial engineering. Radial engineering, um, they have bought some real classics. If you're in the high-end audio, you probably know the name Deckware. Deckware is uh, located in Peoria, Illinois, and if you go onto their blogs, uh, you'll sometimes see uh, that uh, Steve Deckert, the owner out there, has referred to Jensen Transformer as the legendary Jensen Transformer. And basically what a transformer does uh, the Isomax stuff, which won a 2008 uh, CD award, Lifetime Achievement Award. Basically, what it does is it, if you have a voltage differential between your home theater receiver and your subwoofer, or between your preamp and your amp, um, you're going to get a hum. And the transformer basically takes the hum out of there. Sometimes what uh, installers might do to resolve that ground loop problem is break off the third pin or use a cheater plug, but um, they don't have to do that. And given the money that people are spending, um, you know, a couple hundred bucks more to put a transformer in is a real, real good idea. And radio, the DI boxes, um, and they were making use of Jensen transformers. So uh, um, they wound up buying the company. Uh, radio also owns uh, Prime Acoustic. And if somebody out there is a long-term audiophile, a couple of names that uh, you might remember from the past, one is Dynaco and one is Hafler. Well, I don't have Dynaco, but I have the Hafler stuff right now. And I always look, I've always thought of Hafler as a Hafler before there was an NAD. In other words, uh, value-priced stuff that made, uh, that made really great music. And uh, so I have, uh, I, I work with uh, the Hafler Electronics uh, because of my connection with uh, radio. And uh, uh, right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm looking at uh, a Hafler P3100, which is a upgrade from the P3000, which was used in a lot of uh, recording studios, as well as used by a lot of audiophiles. Uh, since Hafler, when it existed as a separate company, 
uh, in its later years, did a lot of work in professional recording studios. So um, the Haffler stuff, it sounds really good. And I sort of look at it as a poor man's uh, pass, uh, uh, pass labs. You might know Nelson Pass by reputation at Pass Labs. He was the guy that came out with the Allop amp and he was trying to duplicate uh, SET stuff with transistors. So the famous Allop amps only had two gain stages and most of the Pass stuff uh, has, uh, because it uses FETs or MOSFETs, uh, it has a minimal number of gain stages in an amplifier. Usually an amplifier will have like five to eight gain stages. Well, these these Haffler P3100s use what they call lateral MOSFETs, and there's only three gain stages in it. So it's getting close to that audiophile standard of uh, straight wire with gain, and I've been uh, playing with this, and they have, they're very articulate, very powerful in the bass, and part of the upgrade, they went from a linear transformer to a toroidal transformer, and I can't say enough about this, uh, about this amp. Also, the uh, headphone amps that they make, the one that I'm working with right now has a built-in DAC, but it works as a preamp, but it's uh, obstinately a headphone amp, which incidentally works with uh, RBH uh, headphones that had a beryllium alloy cones as the uh, head driver. So <laughs> it's sort of keeping it all in the family, and then they've taken some of this technology and they've moved it into uh, multi-channel amps. And the first one is a 12-channel amp with one of them bridgeable and i guess uh, the people over at dolby had one for uh, testing and were really really impressed with that so that's one of the amps i have in a box here and i'm gonna i'm gonna play with it um uh, hook it up to a preamp processor so yeah, as you can tell there's a lot of enthusiasm when it comes to the audio side of life um I, you know, but as I said, I do some other things as well. Uh, Digital ID View is the uh, CCTV line. They make a lot of good, innovative products. They're most recently moving those products into the cloud. Um, iEast is basically something that a uh, product that turns your wired stereo system into a wireless multi-room music streaming system. Uh, you know, on the practical side of life, when you go commercial, and that's one of the things that I wanted to do with uh, ESI when I came on board. I didn't just want to be residential. I wanted to touch the commercial market. I wanted to touch the residential market. I wanted to touch the security market. So for the next Great Recession, you know, there's a little bit of uh, uh, product and market diversification. Um Paraplast is one of those things that's uh, in the commercial market, and it's a low-voltage raceway for accessories. Sounds very boring, but, you know, part of the magic of uh, these guys that do low-voltage is to make a real nice-looking wired uh, room. <laughs> if, you, if you look at LinkedIn, they even, uh, you know, pictures are frequently sent out of uh, complex systems that have really groovy uh, wire setups. Uh, by the way, uh, Johnny, uh, Groovy is before my time and before your time, but uh, uh, in your time, you might call Groovy epic. Mm. I'm not sure that what <laughs> you know, <same laughs> I'm not word sure for it, so. the same, but I, I know what you're talking about. Totally Groovy. <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, another line of on wall speakers, people, spaces are becoming less and less, and that's uh, Angstrom uh, Suno speakers. And then, uh, another interesting innovation uh, using uh, uh, cell phone and uh, tablet, you know, technology is uh, 
is Maxo cams, which basically have a 64 gig um, uh, uh, memory uh, card in it or memory um, uh, drive in it that is removable so that you've got an audit trail. But the biggest thing that it does, is you can have 180 or 360 degree uh, cameras in a small form factor that, um, uh, you know, inform your tablet or your cell phone of, uh, of activity that's going on. And, you know, maybe you're a restaurant owner or something like that. And you want to keep tabs on, uh, you know, who's coming in, who's coming out, uh, the cash register, maybe, uh, you know, what's going on in the back rooms where the kitchens are, supply rooms or things like that. So, um, this, and the pricing on this stuff is just blows me away how inexpensive it is these days. Um, and then my most recent pickup, uh, related to, uh, the video stuff is Apollo enclosures. Now they make outdoor TVs, but frequently the outdoor TVs are extremely expensive and they don't have all the feature sets that uh, an LG or a Sony or uh, other or Samsung might have. So the nice thing about a well-built enclosure is that you can put the flat panel TV of your choice in it. And you can put it in it and it comes standard with a cooling fan. If it's going to go someplace that's uh, uh, cold or humid, you can, you can put the appropriate option on that as well. And, um, they've got a lot more security, uh, than what a, uh, you know, standard outdoor TV would be. And so, you know, it, it's one of those things where you can have it your way. And this is great for residential around a swimming pool or something like that. Um, but it's also great for signages in that commercial space. Once again, a product line that offers that diversification. Matter of fact, these are frequently used in, um, uh, you know, like uh, stadiums and arenas as well, because um, they'll make them into to work anywhere with 32 inch all the way up to currently, I think, 85 inch uh, flat panel televisions. So that's uh, so that's that that's currently more or less a rundown of what it is that I'm up to these days. As you can see, that uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot, but you have a large territory, and I really like that. You, I mean, at least thinking forward as a company, right? You want to have like. I know some people like to specialize in things, but knowing that, you know, there's going to be a recession coming and um, at least you can kind of touch sort of all bases, I guess is a good way to say that. Diversify. Just like if you have, you know, your financial portfolio, you want it diversified. You don't want to put everything into precious metals. You don't want to put everything into the banking industry. You know, I guess, I guess there's greater, you know, there's greater rewards potentially with greater risk, but, um, I like safe options and for me to have, as I say, diversified into the, you know, commercially, uh, diversified in security, diversified into, you know, some of these products are going to be going into recording studios and things like the Hafler amps. Um, you know, Volutone is uh, one of the big customers here in Southern California and they're making a, you know, making a push into those areas. And fortunately I've got like the, uh, they, they handle the, uh, um, uh, prime acoustic material and uh, you know that's a real good market for them to be taking this stuff to and so you know market diversification and also territory diversification right uh, phoenix is not the same market as southern california southern california is not the same market as uh northern california so right. uh, that's that's basically the diversification side of life on this i understand okay so 
Um, I know you attend trade shows because I've seen you at some, right? I saw, I saw you most recently at the CI Expo in Oakland, California. Prior to that, it was probably about two years. I bumped into you at the RBH booth in Cedia, at Cedia in Dallas, I believe it was. And um, I imagine, and I don't know, right? So I know you go to Cedia. I know you went to the local trade shows, which I'm a big fan of. You can't make it to the larger larger shows. Uh, what about sort of the um, the commercial spaces like Infocom or ISC overseas? Um, there's a couple of other types of shows besides Cedia that uh, I go to uh, to support my uh, vendors. Um, IST um, and also New Bright um, go to the uh, construction shade trade shows like uh, uh, IBS International Builder Show. Got it. Um, so I'll go to IBS uh, coming up here real soon is not only Cedia, but uh, also uh, uh, as is show. Uh, uh, so that's a, that's a different flavor of security show. I have a vendor that's going to go there. So I'll spend a day in lost wages uh, uh, supporting, you know, supporting their activities as well. So, I the trade shows that I visit tend to be those that uh, my vendors go to. Matter of fact, I went to my first uh, Nam show earlier this year. How was it? And uh, oh, that was that was cool. And I could swear I saw some famous people walking around there, musicians and oh, I'm and, sure you uh, did. Singers. Yeah. Um, but you know, people always look different in real life than what they look. Uh, um, you know, on a TV screen or uh, a thousand feet away on a stage or something. So <laughs> it's hard to say, but, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool. And, you know, for our business here, um, there were brands that you would recognize in the CDA market, like earthquake subs. Uh, I think I saw there right. and, um, um, you yeah, know, there's so definitely some crossover between, uh, types of shows, right? It just sort of depends on where they land in that space and whether or not it makes sense for them to attend. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, Prime Acoustic is a perfect example of a crossover product. You're going to see that in professional recording studios. They did that when they were, you know, when uh, they had the Olympics in Canada being a Canadian company, they used what they call London room kits, which is based on the square footage of the room. Um, they threw the London London kits up on the on in ten different rooms, and those ten different rooms were where the uh, uh, recording studio was, where they would be doing interviews with uh, you know with the athletes and the Olympic officials, um, and you know getting control on the acoustics so that acoustics so that you could have you know real good real good audio coming out of your TV. So yeah, there's a lot of crossover on different uh different things and uh um that was one of the things that was interesting to see but still it was a different flavor of person attending nam than what you would see uh attending uh cedia um you know each show has its own flavor you can get a lot of crossover it might be someone going to i have one large uh, integrator that i work with that uh he'll go to infocom and he'll go to isc and he goes to Infocom because most of his security work is in the commercial realm. And a lot of times people want to do uh, AV stuff. So that's the reason that he's at Infocom. But he's overlooking at the latest security stuff when he's going to, uh, to ISC. So yeah, a lot of people diversify, <laughs> I guess you could say. 
the Great Recession made a lot of a lot of Cedia guys that used to do home theater uh, diversify. Before that, a lot of the guys that were doing home theater uh, were high-end audio guys. Now they have a lot of uh, high-end shops that in the front, they got their storefront, you know, and they'll be showing off the expensive speakers, but out back, they're taking those, frequently integrating those expensive speakers and uh, electronics into a home theater system. So, um, I, one of the things is that, uh, you know, the old Bob Newhart show you had, uh, uh, this is my cousin, Larry, or this, is my brother, Larry, my other cousin, Larry, uh, <laughs> and then Daryl or Daryl, Daryl and Larry, that's what it was. And, uh, any rate, you know, these guys, you know, the motto that they had was anything for a buck. And that's one of the things that I really, really admire about, um, the, the Cedia guys or the guys in low voltage is that they can really, really, really adapt to the market and the industry that they're dealing with. Um, one of the other things I really admire about the guys that uh, had Cedia at their core was not just the systems that they could integrate together, but I was always flabbergasted that they could walk into um, a commercial or a residential space, install all this hardware with a real low WAF wife acceptance factor. Um, <laughs> and by the time they would leave, the room would look better than when they first got there. And I always thought that was a real big part of the magic of some of the low voltage guys and the CD guys in particular. So yeah, it's a pretty exciting, pretty exciting industry to be with now that the economy seems to be picking up again. And and uh, and there's always a whole lot of interesting things out there. One of the things I'm playing around with right now is uh, is a um, digital signal uh, processor, uh, uh, Mini DSP, uh, the two by four HD, and um, um, just uh, doing uh, you know room correction, uh, uh, you know doing you know, and uh, using it as an active crossover and seeing just what impact, you know, digital processing actually has on a real high quality speaker like the Voichafinas and a, uh, you know, RBH reference, a couple of reference 12 inch subs. So, you know, playing with that to see uh, how much digital might or might not mess with the analog side of life you know, when you can sit there and actively AB them. So it's, it's a lot of fun, Johnny, a whole lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, so for people out there who are interested in learning more, whether they are a current dealer, they're interested in becoming dealers for the brands represented in your territories that you represent as well, or maybe they're a manufacturer that's looking to be represented in these areas. What's the best way to reach out to you and discuss or even learn more? My phone number is 714-305-8699. Or you can email, or you can email me at ESI at, or excuse me, email me at uh, jreets. That's just the letter J and reets, R-E-I-T-Z at esi-rep.com. And uh, any final thoughts before we finish the show here? Um, hey, I 
thanks a lot for the opportunity to talk. I didn't know I had this much bottled up inside me that I wanted to say. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I'm glad you, I'm glad you shared. Uh, you know, like I said, typically I, I uh, cover the the brand specifically, but from time to time, I like to give the the reps who represent these brands some airtime, just more more or less to, to better know the people in the industry and and help you reach your customers and help your customers reach the appropriate people. Um, it's a big yeah. world, but it's not that big. It's a small, it's a smaller territory. Um, and I'd like to, you know, connect people with the right brands, territories, and, and more or less to, to learn the people behind, behind those brands. Right. I want to know who we're working with and, and it's nice to, to hear those stories. Well, if I had to leave uh, leave one message to anybody that's listening uh, to the podcast, it's that, um, uh, you know, I'm really here to help. I really love this stuff, enjoy this stuff, enjoy the people in this industry. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm really here to help uh, create, uh, create solutions. And uh, if, there's any manufacturers that are interested in, um, uh, you know, gung-ho reps, uh, and they think that, uh, I might be a fit. Um, I'd sure like to sit down and talk and explore about what the overlap might be on a, you know, on the Venn diagram. So, um, other than that, uh, shoot, Johnny, I think I'm all talked out. All right. Well, thank you again for your time. I do appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you at, many shows to come whether that's cedia local shows like the ci expo and anything in between honestly if you're ever in town please stop by say hi i'll reach out to you and do the same everyone you've got jay's phone number his email any which way to reach out to learn more about the company the brands represented or maybe your manufacturer just wanting to be represented in these territories jay reeds is your company well, he's the, the man behind the company, rather. But he's your contact. Reach out, learn more, ask questions, get involved, and definitely start looking to these products for the future of your homes, your projects, your commercial spaces, and everything in between. If anyone has any questions for me, whether you want to tell me you love or hate the show, you have questions, you want to be on the show, whatever it is, as long as it's regarding the show or something like that, you can email me directly at Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com. And as I previously mentioned, the show brought to you by Tascam. Thank you, Tascam. We love your gear. Currently using it now. In case you couldn't tell, that's that sweet, sweet sound of Tascam audio airplay. And as well, don't forget to check out the show, which is located at ravepubs.com under the Rave Radio tab. And... Uh, don't forget to check out some of the other shows that uh, that are at Rave Radio under the Rave Radio tab. A little bit different than mine, different hosts, different flavors, different stylings, but there's definitely plenty of knowledge to be found there along the show. AV Insider, which you've been listening to for the last hour now. Everyone, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you on the next show. So, Again, email Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com or simply at jmota3, J-M-O-T-A-3 on basically any social media site except for Snapchat. Or you can just Google the name Johnny Mota. If anyone comes up that's bad and you don't like that person, it's probably somebody different. Everyone, thank you for listening. This has been AV Insider brought to you by Tascam.